today's topic, customer concentration. So what is customer concentration? It is a measure of how total revenue is distributed among your customer base. A company serving a large number of small volume customers has a lower customer concentration than a firm where a handful of large customers account for the majority of its business. Right, so, so pretty easy in terms of this. You have 10 clients, and if you have one client is contributing 80% of the revenue, you would have a very high client concentration within that one account, right? Versus if you had 10 clients and each client was only contributing 10%, you would have, you know, 10% of total revenue per client, you would have a low customer concentration. So today, I'm going to talk to you about the importance of managing customer concentration. And what we're going to learn today is the key percent of revenue that no one client should make up of your total revenue, right? So what's that key percent, which we're going to get into, that you can have every client operating that would be awesome, or never to go above that certain percent. We're also going to talk about how do you protect your business when you have clients that are taking up a high percent of your revenue, right? So if you have a client that is 30% plus of your client concentration, you know, what are the things you can do? Because you don't want to lose that account, right? You don't want to turn away that revenue, but how do you protect yourself um, if in the event that it does go away and, and what it means for your business? And then I'm also going to talk to about to you today about how do you get the right percent of client concentration and more importantly keep it but before we get going let's do a little housekeeping um, if you're following me and listening to me now thank you um, I appreciate it if this is your first time please or this is a multitude of times and you haven't subscribed please take a moment and hit subscribe you know, I'm doing multiple podcasts a week, two a week. Um, would love you to always get this content. So take a moment, pause this podcast, go back into iTunes or Stitcher, hit the subscribe button. Also, if you're enjoying and liking my content, please leave me a review, a five-star review, and actually take the time to write something. Um, it really helps. You know, right now we're in the uh, top 50 business uh, podcast categories, and it's because of you guys, the listeners. Um, and I would love to stay there and, and continue to evangelize this message. Also, if you're not following me on Instagram, um, then please take a moment and follow me at Judge Graham. Um, and then on Facebook, it would be at Judge Graham Business. Also, if you're ever interested in hiring me to do any sort of um, business consulting, speaking, or one-on-one -on -one coaching, you can visit me at www.judgegram.com. All right, so let's get into it. So no client should ever account for more than 10% of your revenue, right? So think about that. If you currently um, are managing a business, own a business, or thinking about starting a business and you're listening to this, you know, print that out, put it on a wall. You never want one client to be more than 10% of your revenue. And I'm going to tell you why and get into a real life story of mine. <clears throat> so years ago, this was uh, my, one of my companies, it was my second company. 
and we were we were killing it. We were growing 35% um, year over year. Uh, we went from literally uh, six or seven people when um, we took the company over to literally, you know, 250 plus people in you know a span of five to six years. It's great growth, great great company, great time in my life, and we had a uh, several interested buyers and we decided to move forward with the potential buyer. Um, this was going to be a life changing event, not only for myself financially, but for a multitude of others within my organization. So if you haven't been through a diligence or a transaction process, uh, that'll be for another podcast, but man, it is a grueling process. Preparation for it, what you go through, um, you know, usually depending on the size of the transactions, it's it's a multi-month process uh, that you're going through before you actually um, sell sell the company. So at the time, <clears throat> we had a one client of ours that attributed 35 percent, almost 36 percent of revenue of our total company. And, and I, I didn't, I had no concept at this time of, of client concentration. I only talked about it. And all I, you know, I quickly learned in this sell process that, you know, that was an issue. And it was literally an issue to the point where uh, they weren't valuing the company as much as we would like to, for it to be valued. That was a vulnerability. You know, and the argument there is, listen, we're buying this asset for scale your company and we're, we're buying it for predictability and revenue. And the fact that you have one client here that's contributing five, you know, almost 36% of the revenue, that's a red flag, right? Because if you lose that account, that's a big hit. <clears throat> so totally understood that still negotiated a deal. It's going to be a huge life changing event for us. Um, but it was still an issue that we had this client that was this um, size of concentration. Now, this particular client, we would meet with them um, at the time I had a business partner and my business partner and I would change, you know, um, every two weeks we'd meet with this client real early in the morning. They wanted to have an early breakfast because they had, you know, management meetings they wanted to start at around 830. So, you know, we would get together as early as 630 a.m. or 7 a.m. and kind of talk about, you know, what, um, you know, if we achieved in the last past two weeks and what are we going to do moving forward um, for the next two weeks. And we had this cadence every two weeks. And I remember literally this was a, it was a Thursday morning and I was in the shower and we were less than five business days. Think about this, less than five business days away from selling our company, right? This, you know, and, and this was going to be the first massive financial event that I'd ever achieved for myself in my life. It was going to change um, my life personally, my family's life, um, as well as several people that, that worked for our company. And we had been through this grueling, you know, three month process of due diligence and prepping for the sale and meetings and negotiations. And we are five business days away, five business days away. And, you know, I'm in, in the shower and I'm thinking about, you know, what I'm going to do and, you know, the things that I want to, to buy and how I'm going to help people and how I'm going to help my family and, you know, just my head spinning, right, with excitement and um, being proud that we're about to achieve this moment and <clears throat> just amazing. So I literally get out of the shower and it's like 745 and my business call, business partner calls me 
and I pick up the phone. Hey, you know, what's going on? And he's, he's, he's a, he's a big joker, right? <laughs> like, so, you know, everything he's, you know, just part of his personality. So he's always busting balls and he's always joking. And so I take the call and I remember it, he was really silent, right? It was on speaker. And so I could hear the, the wind. He was probably, you know, driving on the freeway, like 70 miles an hour. And I asked him, I said, well, you know, what's up? And he said, judge, you know, the account fired us. And he just went silent. And I started laughing, right? Because, you know, again, remember, we're five days away from this deal being closed, changing, changing my life, my family's life. And I said, you're busting balls, right? Like, you know, and, and I kept pressing him for like 15 minutes because, you know, I was just hoping he was going to say, you know, I got you, right? And he didn't. Right. The client, a new CEO had come in. We hadn't done anything necessarily, but they just wanted to make radical change. You know, our our CMO was actually going to get fired that we were working with. And, you know, there was going to be a complete restructure and, and every um, vendor was up for review. And it was, you know, us along with several others literally got fired, you know, immediately. And that happens in, uh, you know, marketing and advertising and in a lot of businesses. So literally from hanging up that call with him around 8 a.m. to then calling my investment banker and giving him the news and then him telling the potential buyer by 3 p.m. that day, the deal was off, right? So you talk about digging deep. So, you know, five days away from this transaction, three months of grueling due diligence, just lost our biggest account, which was 36% of our revenue. You know, I had to go in, you know, the next day, fire a lot of people because we lost this revenue, which was awful, right? Because, you know, um, people that, that, that worked for us were like family and also tell everyone that this amazing deal that we had is, was gone, right? So the moral of the story is high client concentration is a bad, bad thing. And that's the point of today's podcast. Now, the good news is there is light at the end of this tunnel. We buckled up, and literally within six months, we had diversified our client concentration. We had replaced the revenue of that client plus more, and we had a total, you know, highest client client um, concentration was like 25%. Still not great, but much better than 35 And the same buyer came back. We negotiated a better deal because of the the, the client concentration. And actually, you know, ended up closing it, um, you know, two months after after that period. So actually worked out better for me and, and for everyone around me. But man, living through that, the pain of that was uh, something I'll never forget. And understanding the importance of client concentration is something I will never forget. So I hope you use my story to inspire you to really start looking at in measuring that client concentration, right? So I just told you the key to this, right? People buy businesses, companies buy businesses because they want predictability and they want stability when they buy a company. And if you can show a large amount of clients that only are contributing 10% or less of total revenue, that's a very non-risky thing for them to wrap their head around. So that's a really good thing, right? So again, 
10% or less would be ideal. Every client should only contribute 10% or less, right? So that, that should be your, your, your gauge or your litmus test or what you're measuring against as you look at clients as you win them. Um, you know, what revenue amount are they contributing? But let's talk about how to protect it, right? Because there's a lot of people listening to this that are going, holy shit, I've got one client that contributes 80% of my revenue or 25 or 35. And, you know, how, you know, what do I do to protect that? So if you're in that situation or you're going to win a client that's going to contribute a lot to your revenue, you know, there's several things you can do to protect yourself, right? You want to be cautious when you take on a client that, that is going to, you know, have that much influence on your company because one, they're going to require you to hire a lot more people, right? You're going to have to buy more furniture for those people. You may have to increase your office space and sign a multi-year lease because of this new client, right? I mean, think about all the things when you win a huge client, which is all a good thing, but all of the additional risk and money you have to invest to service that account. Right. So what you want to do is you want to try to protect as much as you can against the vulnerability of that client leaving. Right. Because when that client leaves, you have to fire a lot of people. You may be stuck with a lease that is way more space than you need. You may be financing or have a line of credit against a bunch of furniture and technology and, and, and licensings and software and hardware and servers and, and actual physical products and things that now you don't need because that client's gone. So what you want to do is try to do a multi-year contract, right? Really lock them in and, and show them that you're investing in them and that you need the, the security that they're investing back in you, right? Also, um, write in really solid, get a really good attorney and get really good legal clauses in there where that if in the event that they do fire you, they have to pay you out um, a year or six months or, you know, it's not a month-to-month -month sort of thing. There's several ways that you can protect yourself when you have that high level of, of client concentration, right? The other thing to do is you got to – I talk all the time about you need to be spending – everybody needs to spend 75% of their day on revenue-generating activities, right? So the more new accounts that you're bringing in, by default, the, the lower that client that, – that high client concentration will go down, right? So if you have a client that's 80% of your concentration – Will you start to win 15 new clients by default because you have more clients, they're not going to be at 80% anymore, right? So always be chasing new clients. It's, it's so key. Always focus on revenue. 75% of everybody's day should be, what am I doing to grow existing revenue or get new revenue? Which brings me into my, my sec, second topic of how do you, you know, protect that um, or avoid that high client concentration? You should also understand what percent of every account that you currently have, what percent are they contributing to your total revenue? And find the ones that are, you know, 0 0.05, 1%, 2%, 3%, 5%, and then start activating a team to get them to closer to, you know, you know, increasing them a couple percents, you know, wherever they are in that, that, that percentage, right? So by default, the ones that are really low you're growing a little, right, that are existing, which by default, take the guy that is really big and, and shrinks it a little bit, right? So the takeaway here, go get more accounts, spend 75% of your time on revenue generating activities, which means new clients, 
as well as existing clients that don't currently have a high percent revenue concentration, right? And if you can avoid adding incrementality to somebody that's at 80%, right? I mean, you're already generating a lot of revenue there. Don't focus as much time growing that because, you know, by growing it in the short term, you're, you're, you're generating more revenue, but you're creating more vulnerability if you grow that big account, unless you are diversifying and growing those other existing smaller and getting new ones, right? And then the last point that I want to leave you with is, you know, how do you get the, the, the right percent and keep it? So it's through the things I just spoke about, but you need to be constantly measuring this, right? I mean, depending on the volume of your sales, this is something you could be potentially looking at daily, but if not, you should be looking at it for sure weekly and then at a bare minimum monthly. So get your, your finance team. Um, there's so many visual, you know, data visualization dashboards out there from, you know, something like a Tableau or a Domo, you know, this should be one of your, you know, at your, at a mouse click, um, you should be able to understand currently, you know, to date as of instantly, you know, what's your client mix and where are all the percents and you should literally be dinged and notified anytime a client is approaching higher than 10%. Right. So to recap, no client ever should be taking more than 10% of your total revenue, right? The ways to protect yourself if you currently have a client that is higher than that 10% is, you know, get really aggressive with your contracts, right? Do multi, multi-year contracts, do buyout clauses in the contracts. Make sure you're protecting yourself because a big client like that is causing you to make big investments um, and you don't want that vulnerability. And then the other way is, Focus 75% of revenue, right? Go get new accounts constantly and focus on growing your accounts that have the small client concentration. And then always be measuring this, right? You should be alerted. You should understand always in your business how you can avoid that when it's happening and be notified if anything is going above 10%. So I appreciate this. I hope this was a helpful topic. I know um, I had to learn the hard way, even though there was a, a good ending on, on that particular story, man, it was a painful experience living through it. And I'm warning you not to have to live through that. Remember, if you have great um, low client concentration, um, you have a better chance to sell. You're going to have a more desirable asset. You're going to keep your company less vulnerable. And when that buyer does buy your company, they're going to give you a premium because there's no vulnerability in it. I appreciate you guys listening. Again, please follow me. Hit the subscribe button if you're not. You know, I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs and small businesses grow and scale and potentially exit and gain the financial freedom that they want. I appreciate you listening. And as always, make it happen.